Welcome back to the Kiwi Innovators. Another exciting week this week. A couple housekeeping notes to begin with. I think almost everybody that listens to this podcast is a personal friend or somebody that I work with, or both, for most of them. My, my wife is in her ninth month of pregnancy. The baby is due any day now. So I think the podcasts are going to drop back to fortnightly instead of weekly. I have several in the can, but the issue is is that my brilliant, beautiful wife is the one who edits them because I don't have time with everything else that we're doing, and she only has so much time, and with and with the baby coming, it's going to mean even less time. I am still going to continually record, and I'm going to start doing more editing as we can go forward. Hopefully, I can get back to a place where we're doing weekly, but for at least for the time being, it's going to be fortnightly. Looking forward, in the next couple weeks, I'll be doing an interview podcast cast with uh, Rajesh Jaluka, a distinguished engineer from IBM, a brilliant man, helped me to better understand what Agile is and what the benefits that Agile can provide, has an incredible technology background, very much looking forward to having a sit-down talk with him, even if he's in New York and I'm in New Zealand, uh, and it means that we're sitting down over the internet, that I'm really looking forward to that. Also, in hopefully in the next month or so, I'll be sitting down with Johannes Ulrich, the creator of the Internet Storm Center and a brilliant security engineer, uh, architect, developer, any any term that you could possibly use. Okay, so on to the topic this week. So this week I'm going to be talking a little bit about technology adoption. I went really kind of rambling into uh, technology, architecture, and high-level design last week. This week, I want to talk a little bit more about general technology adoption. This is one of those things that for the last 20 or 30 years, the people that work in IT, we've gotten to a point where we like adopting technology for the sake of adopting technology. Even in the the places, you talk with uh, security people and they're like, they, they identify new threats and say, well, you need to be patching up to a certain level without assessing what the patching does. It's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy. You'll often hear technologists saying, well, we need to upgrade to the latest and greatest version. What's happened is, is the business side has become much more technology savvy in the last probably 10, 15 years. Now, what you're hearing from the business side is, is that they want to do technology adoption only when it provides them an appreciable benefit. So either increased capability, increased outcomes, or some kind of mitigation or uh, risk mitigation for something that they're doing. That means that on the technology side, we need to start getting a lot better too. Technology adoption, and in in particular technology roadmaps, are becoming more and more and more uh, important. The reason I say that is, is it's very difficult to assess whether or not you should go to a new technology if you have no idea where you're going. Most businesses have a business strategy. They have some kind of business outcomes that they're aiming for, some kind of change plan that they're, they're working for, or at least a direction that they want to take the business in, even if it's just to keep the lights on. If the business is doing so well that they have no no desire to innovate or create new business outcomes, just keeping the lights on for anyone who's maintained or supported a Windows desktop environment in the last 10 years, just keeping the lights on is 
a full-time job year-round to stay up to the latest version for security vulnerabilities. So not even adding new capabilities onto it. And anybody that's gone to Windows 10 in the last two years knows that that cycle, although Windows 10 incremental uh, patches to it and updates to it is much better than it used to be, we're getting patches every month or two as opposed to once a year. So instead of a large big bang approach to upgrading from Windows 7 to Windows 8 or Windows 8 to Windows 10, you're now having to have a continuous review and approval process for patching as the systems go through. So just keeping the lights on is becoming a full-time job. And if you have no idea the direction you're going, if you have no roadmap, no plans for where it is that you're going, then you're going to be stuck with your current vendors just continuously patching and updating on the vendor platform. And eventually what will happen is the vendor will come back to you and say, oh, well, you can't patch this any farther. Now, cloud has provided us a lot of capability to get us out of that space. So with cloud, we no longer care about the hardware and the, the BIOS and patching that's done on that level. We just expect the cloud vendors to provide that to us. But the software patching, the operating system patching, and, and even in the services space, the database patchings are becoming more and more prevalent, more and more important. And business value is driving it almost more than uh, support in a service management value. What do I mean by that? What you're finding is, is a lot of vendors over the last 20 years will stop supporting a, a particular patched version they'll provide you an extended support at an extremely high cost but at some point they'll say yep this is done if you call us with a problem our first answer is going to be you have to upgrade and that's not when you want to be deciding on an upgrade so i've been focusing quite a bit on keeping the lights on and patching but let's from a business perspective technology adoption is not about keeping the lights on it's it is not even about risk mitigation Technology adoption is about improved business outcomes, whether it's innovating into new spaces, whether it's making supply chains better, faster, smoother, reducing the costs of manufacturing, being able to chase sales leads down all the way to the end, or getting the best dollar amount out for a particular sale. Technology is really about that business outcomes. So when a technologist walks into the room and starts talking about, well, what version of database that we need to be on so that the vendor will continue supporting us so that we're patched up so we don't have any security vulnerabilities, a lot of times the business people in the room start hearing white noise. And for those of you who don't know what white noise is, that's shh. The technology adoption from the IT side needs to be about those business outcomes. And I don't know of, it's very rare that you have a new version of a piece of technology that doesn't provide some outcome, business outcome or improved business outcome. The key is, is being able to identify what those are. Sure. Don't get me wrong. The security vulnerabilities are important. The being able to support it is important. Even the enhanced automation functionality, the reduced costs to support it, all very, very important. All of those are trumped by business outcomes. So if you can show how 
So there's a database that needs to be upgraded, and it's the sales database where all of the sales numbers going back for forever within the organization exist. If the upgrade to the new database provides or offers access to new data analytics on that sales data that will give better predictive analysis of where and when sales will happen, that every day and twice on Sunday, every day of the week and twice on Sunday, the business will sign up to do the upgrade. Because if you go to the sales business, if you go to the CFO, if you go to the COO, if you go to the CEO and say, look, we want to give you better predictive analysis of your sales so that we can better predict where sales are going to happen. And to do that, we need to do this database upgrade. They're going to agree to that. That's the whole reason that they're there. The business outcome is the thing that's driving it. Now, we do have to come to them with some kind of a plan and it's a two-way plan. So the business has to be able to provide the direction they're going so that the technologists can align the technology outcomes to support that. And the technology teams within the organization need to be able to communicate their current state and how their proposed roadmap of technology enhancements and improvements are going to align to those business outcomes. Now, I'm talking through a lot of very esoteric technology terms and business outcomes. So let's let's talk about on the ground. Artificial intelligence adoption. Artificial intelligence provides, and, and we talked about it in the first of the three-week podcasts on artificial intelligence, and I will be coming back with the machine learning one hopefully in the next week or two. We talked in artificial intelligence about the business benefits that it can provide. They're huge. But artificial intelligence adoption is like any other technology adoption. Without understanding the business outcomes that you're aiming at, it's nothing more than a proof of concept or a pilot. If you can't align it to something, you're not going to adopt the technology. The technologists can't plan what they're going to do. IT can't look at how they're going to support it. They can't look at the security people can't look at a risk assessment if they ha- don't have some idea of what the technology is going to be used to do. So those business outcomes and mapping those business outcomes out become very important. The first step in that is understanding where you're coming from. So what are the current business processes? What are the, what are the current business practices that you're doing your business with? And then what are the current technology platforms and products that you're using to enhance or drive those outcomes? That's your starting point. So technology adoption has to start with where you're at. Look, the technology people would love to have a greenfield environment. And what a greenfield environment means is, is that we pretend like, or we start with a brand new company that has no technology at all. They don't even have email. And the technologists can look at the business outcomes and can implement the technology at that date and time that best meet those. But that happens so infrequently. And from the technology side, I will tell you, it's a dream. Getting to do that is brilliant. But the opportunities to have that happen are so infrequent and few and far between. We have to deal with what's there and in place now. Even if we decide to stand up a completely parallel technology system and then eventually migrate the business processes over to that new technology platform, we still have to live with the legacy business processes and outcomes the way they are and we either have to transform them 
or change them as a part of the process of adopting new, the new technologies. So from the technology side, if you're not taking that into account, then you are setting the technology up to fail. And from the business side, if you are investing in new technologies without understanding where you're coming from and without understanding how you do what you do and what the new technologies are do, you're burning money without getting the business outcomes you want. Now, there are simple no-brainers, right? Uh, simple things like going to a cloud-based productivity suite like Office 365 or the Google Docs product suite or... AWS has a uh, product as well that does something very similar. Those make a lot of sense. Moving email off-premise and into a cloud, again, makes a lot of sense. But these are simple technologies, simple business outcome technologies. So, for example, email, no matter how you do business processes around email and what you use it for, it's email. Now, you may be doing, uh, as I have been in several large multinational organizations, some of which told me that email was their number one highest priority application, there are some organizations that are using email for a documentation platform, for a communications platform, for a prioritization and kind of a task or uh, event management system. That idea of using email to do that is because someone didn't have a, a view of where they currently were in the business process they were doing and which technologies mapped into those. That's organic growth. That's we chose email because we had the platform there and we could figure out how to do the business process to use email in this particular way. And we didn't have to go to the IT team and have them go through a multi-million dollar, two to three year project to figure out what it was we wanted and how to develop it. And it wouldn't even give us what we wanted in the long run. So that is what happens when you don't know where you're at and you don't know where you're going. The companies that are hugely successful at this don't have an 18 month roadmap of technologies that they're planning on implementing. What they have is something that takes a week or two to develop that shows them where they are, where they want to go, where they want to go right now at this point in time, and how they're going to get there. And a week from now, that can change. So it matures and improves as you go along. Agile development frameworks can be used in this manner. So you can iteratively plan. You can say, well, at five years, we have this fuzzy view of where we want to be. At three years, it's slightly better. At one year, it's it's starting to get crisp. And at three months, we have a very crisp picture of where we want to be. It's not, again, similar to the architecture and design discussion we had last week. It's not carved in stone. It's an ongoing living tool. So because it's an ongoing living tool, it can't exist as a document that people email around to each other. It has to live in something that can live. It has to live in a, a web interface or an application that will constantly keep it refreshed, that will constantly be reaching out to make sure that everybody's aware of the direction they're going. Everything has to reference back to it and align to it. If there's a change in the business strategy, the five-year view changes. The three-year view changes. Heck, even the one-year view changes. So the business strategy has to constantly be informed of that. On the business side, business architects often provide that view of where the current business 
practices are, and all of the processes associated with that and the business outcomes, and they have a roadmap of where they want to go and how they're going to get to there and how the business culture is going to change and how the process changes are going to happen. On the technology side, oftentimes an enterprise architect will take that business view and will map it across to the technologies that provide it and show the technology changes that will align with those business outcome changes. And oftentimes will propose additional technology changes that may have to happen under the covers that no one on the business side was even aware of. So for example, if the business strategy is to move to a more agile footprint where you can respond to your customers more often. The, the enterprise architect may come back and say, well, we need to move everything we have into cloud. So you don't have on your business roadmap that all technology needs to move to cloud. But if we're going to be agile with what we do technology-wise, then we need to be in the cloud. Otherwise, the cost-to-benefit analysis, I'm going to push back on the business side and say, no, you can't have that that quickly because the cost to implement that is so high for us to not be in cloud that there's no way that we can do it. In addition, the enterprise architect may come back and say, well, if you're going to do things iteratively that fast, we need to look at financing into the IT space, and that financing needs to accommodate agile development of technology the people that sit in IT may change. You may have to bring in a different set of engineers, a different set of people to be able to support this idea of doing things agilely. The flip side of that is if you're going to go to, if you're going to change business directions and you're going to go, uh, say, from a brick and mortar to an online development or an online store to provide products, you're going to have to accommodate that on the technology side. The flip side of this is, is that technology is not always an answer, okay? So the, the business needs to be looking at what the right answers are. And although the technology can bring a technology answer to the table to look at, oftentimes a simple business process change might be needed. So for example, if your contact center solution is they're used to doing spell checking and grammar checking of every phone call that comes into them that they, they, cause they're hand typing the phone calls into your CRM system. If you then start accommodating digital channels and emails are coming in, having them spell check and grammar check what your customers are emailing to you, that doesn't make a lot of sense from a business perspective. So maybe the spell check and grammar check has less value in a CRM product that can accommodate that, especially if you're going to begin enabling digital channels where you want the original words that the, the uh, person on the digital channel used as opposed to something that you have gone through and corrected for spelling and grammar. That's a business process change as opposed to a technology change. Technology uh, adoption really has to come from that business side. Without the business direction, technology adoption merely for the sake of technology adoption is a cost. It's just an ongoing cost that's just going to eat money within your business. The flip side of that is, is that if the ICT project management structure doesn't accommodate operating in the way that the business wants to operate, 
then what you have is is that oftentimes the business is going to go to shadow IT or the business will go around the IT department. And then that doesn't work in the long run either because then you have parallel technology solutions, some of which meet some of the requirements of the business and some of them which meet some of the other requirements and that together they both have sets of requirements that don't meet the full business requirements. So it really does in the now and in the future, the business and technology really have to work together. It's no longer a day where the business side, the sales team and the accounting team, really the only thing they needed from the technology people was access to a system that runs. They really need to be embedded with each other. So if the salespeople are looking for predictive analysis, they need to be working with the technology team to implement an artificial intelligence prediction engine that meets their needs. If the accounting team is working with the technologists in such a way that the accounting in and out is automated and gives them the best outcomes for what it is that they're trying to do within the accounting space. It's no longer a separation anymore. In that same vein, the business needs to understand that the only way that the technology can operate is if they know where they're going. So they need to know where they're coming from, they need to know where they're going, and that's the only way that they can bring the optimum technologies to the table. Gone are the days of being able to say, well, I want all of these business outcomes and going to an RFI or an RFP to market and expecting to get some monolithic solution that fixes everything. Any business that's been in place longer than three years is going to have some inherent technology already implemented. And it's the integration of the, the business processes that are using the current technology with any new technology and business outcomes that is going to be the expensive, complicated, difficult path. Taking it in small chunks, small bite-sized pieces, allowing you to come down to an agile development set that allows you to iteratively add additional business capabilities is going to, is going to be the only way to be successful going forward. Gone are the days of an 18-month to a two-year project to deliver one new business product or one new business outcome. The technology is so meshed and it's so dependent that it has all the different bits and pieces in it that if you don't have all those bits and pieces integrated into your existing systems, you're going to make the business process worse, not better. There, there isn't a way to make that business process better in that way. So again, knowing where you are, knowing where you want to go, and then providing iterative ways of building to that leads to successful technology adoption. So this is something that I'm passionate about at the executive level. It's something that the executives need to start hearing because for the executives that are used to just throwing something over the fence to the CIO or the CTO and just expecting them to go out and magically make something work, the CIOs and CTOs need to be better communicating back to the executive side that, hey, the business outcomes they want require them to touch existing systems and the existing systems are complex. And so they can't just go out for an RFP for $10 million and turn around and expect everything to just work. It's a process and it is going to require business change as part of that process. As always, thank you for letting me talk to you about this stuff. It's it, oftentimes it's me getting stuff down in a way that helps me remember them in the future. At the same time, it gives me uh, a space where I can just talk things out. Please give me any feedback you can. For those of you who have, I greatly appreciate it. And a special shout out to my, 
pregnant wife who is continuing to edit these even as we are approaching the end of of her nine months of pregnancy. She has been a rock for me and has really made it possible for me to do this. Otherwise, it, it wouldn't be happening. Thank you very much.